Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So as we are recording this, the, I don't know, the Apple developer community is in the middle of another one of its sort of, I feel like it goes through these cycles of drama. Um, and the that's been the case you know, for the more than a decade that I've been an Apple developer, that there's always some kind of um, drama du jour. And we are currently in the middle of what seems like a fairly substantial drama. Like this is the, we've kind of, if if you go for, you know, the dramas can base from like the high school production to, you know, maybe the community theater. Like this is now like the Globe Theater Shakespearean drama. Like we are full on two giant titans of industry, like fighting each other um, over huge sums of money and lots of things. And specifically I'm talking about uh, Epic and Epic Games and the kind of, big drama they've been doing with Apple where they create they sort of snuck an update into Fortnite that introduced non-in-app purchase uh, purchasing and then they turned it on and then Apple removed them from the store and then they uh, released the video about that and filed a lawsuit and then Apple is threatening to remove them uh, their developer account uh, you know because they're in violation of the developer agreement and I mean the ins and outs of it aren't particularly uh, interesting, I think, for the purposes of our discussion. Like, I mean, this is, you know, we would, we're a show about independent app development. Like, a, as interesting as it is, as a follower of Apple and a follower of Apple News, and just like from a, and obviously it's like for your, you know, it's like for ATP and it's kind of discussions, this is like prime grist for that mill. But I think for us and for the purposes of our discussion, what I thought would be interesting is to just start off at least by talking about it from a perspective of like, does this impact us? Does this matter? Is this something that um, as a developer, we should be worried about, concerned about, take action based on, et cetera. And I think that is probably, you know, ultimately the the more constructive thing because as much as I enjoy, you know, just, just from a, it's like in many ways, this is like, you know, some interesting thing is happening to like my favorite sports team or whatever, like seeing this happen is certainly like, there's an interesting an interest factor to it, though. I certainly prefer it if it wasn't happening. Um, but it certainly is interest, but as a developer, it's, it's, I'm of two minds about it because I was like, on the one hand, they're arguing and fighting about things that, I don't, don't think, you know, it's like in the short term, don't really affect what I'm aiming to do. Like if Apple was at some point allowing uh, additional payment methods, I personally don't think I have any interest in, in using them. I would expect to continue to use um, in-app purchase for the foreseeable future because for me and the, you know, the, the apps I make and the way that I make them, most of the benefit that I'm getting is, you know, Apple provides a tremendous benefit in terms of ease of use, in terms of integration with the platform. And they are taking care of a lot of things that I then don't need to. And so I can just focus on making my apps, focus on making my user experience as good as I can, and don't have to think too much about that kind of thing. And while there might potentially be an, you know, an advantage if I, you know, say Stripe, I, you know, subscriptions were something that I could use, like I would consider it, but I suspect more likely than not, I would just stick with the built-in thing because of the kind of network effects of having it, um, there um but at the same time like i do also this kind of thing does make me worried about the future of the app store and the future of you know this environment where i've found my own you know i've been able to kind of carve out my my little niche and i i i can you know hang out here and i can you know make just enough noise to um 
make a living and to have a sustainable business, but I have no interest in becoming so large or so kind of visible that, um, you know, it disturbs the sort of the, the, the calm sustainability of what I have. It's like, I have my, it's sort of, I'm in some ways, it's like, I've been able to find myself this teeny little lake up in the mountains and I can just hang out there and it's great. <laughs> and like, I don't really want my little lake to become part of the, you know, part of this big ocean or this big river. Like I, I just enjoy this little place that I have. And maybe that's short sighted, but when I see things that potentially are going to come and upset that it, it worries me. Like when I see the you know, sort of discussion or, uh, movement around like additional app stores and what that might mean or side loading on the I- on iOS like it worries me because things like a big part or at least for, and certainly certainly in the early days and I think continue to this to, continuing to this date like one of the big advantages of iOS as a platform is the general sense that customers have of safety of security of the fact that if you get an if you download an app from the app store and it's it does weird stuff you just delete it and like all of it's gone and all of its little tendrils are gone, and it it's like you don't have to worry about it. And I think that is just a tremendous benefit that if you start to, like as soon as that's not 100% true, um, in many ways it becomes like not true at all. And while, you, you know, if you allowed sideloading, and that is usually not, you know, not a thing most people use, it's like, sure, but now it's complicated, and it's different. And I'm not sure I really want that complication. So like, I don't know, I... I've gone back and forth about this a lot over the last sort of week since this all kind of started to unravel about what I thought. And it's like, in the end, I just hope that it gets resolved amicably and we can kind of keep going as we are because I like that thing. And like broadly, I kind of agree with Apple. And I think that's probably an, an unusual opinion, it seems, like based on the certainly the um, those who are vocal about on this topic, but it's like generally I agree with them and I kind of like the, their stewardship um, of the app store and their ability to make choices. And I don't always agree with them um, in in detail, but I certainly sort of by and large definitely agree with them um, in the broad strokes. Yeah, I think among our community uh, and Apple commentary and fans and everything, we, we see a broad uh, variety of what people want here. What, what, what do people want to happen? What is their ideal outcome? We have many people who want the idea of sideloading and alternative app stores to be permitted. We have many people who are okay with the app store still being the only way to distribute apps, um, but but having relaxed rules around in-app payment systems. Um, and I'm in that camp, by the way. Uh, and then we have people who want everything to stay exactly the way it is, and that say Apple deserves everything they got, and and you know, and they deserve 30%, and it's their platform; they can dictate whatever they want. Um, and I think, you know, from the point of view of you know what it means for our businesses and and for developers like us you can look at what the what existing stuff works and you and you can think well we want to keep that right but then you can also look at what existing stuff doesn't work what is actually likely to happen here and what isn't and i think there's there's a huge potential on ios for lots of different kinds of apps that apple currently does not permit or makes too prohibitive. Lots of different services, business models, um, app types, etc. And a lot of that is stuff that we don't want. A lot of that is you know, bordering on malware, or it's like kind of hacky stuff. Um, the, the OS, on a technical level, can prevent many of the problems of that. And if what you want is like a safe OS, where you don't have to worry about actual malware and what an app can do, or like, you know, apps that like will infect your phone and not be deletable fully... 
we don't need the App Store policy to do that. The OS does that on a technical level. The, like, so there are certain like technical walls in place that if you are trying to think about like, well, what if it turns into like the the Windows market? You know, it, it won't. It can't for technical reasons. Um, and I think also we have to realize like, even if alternative app stores and side loading were possible here, first of all, that could be good for us. If you look at the Mac. You have some. You have the, you know. You have the Mac App Store, which is, in, this is a different situation because that was never the only way to get software on the Mac, and it better not become the only way. Um, but you know, that was never the only way to get software on the Mac, and it was. It's not even the biggest way to get software on the Mac, as far as as far as I know. I think most Mac software is is probably still sold outside of the App Store, or at least much of it. <laughs> and so, so there's there's a lot of inertia on the Mac behind alternative methods, um, and you also have alternative app stores on the Mac. Um, one of the biggest ones is Setup, and there's been a couple other ones over the years, but but I think Setup is a good example here because, and, and I know Setup just launched something on iOS, sort of, but that's for another day. Um, you know, Setup is an example where you can have alternative app stores on this platform, the Mac, and it seems to be just fine. It, it's just another place for developers like us to distribute our apps and for some developers it, you know it, the it doesn't make sense it doesn't work out for some developers it does i i know some developers who have apps there and it's been fine for them or even good um or at least it's been you know a small benefit if nothing else and so we we can see on the mac like having alternative app stores doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing for developers or for users um, it could be a good thing it isn't guaranteed to be a good thing, though, and it could introduce problems like, you know, like you said, like we we enjoy a certain um, benefit on iOS that people are not really afraid to install apps because they know that they can just install it. It's, you know, it goes through Apple's system. It seems legit-ish, although I think the, the general quality of apps <laughs> doesn't necessarily lend as much legitimacy as we like to think uh, in customer minds. But it it seems sort of legit. It at least seems that if you pay for an app, you will generally, usually, kind of get what you are paying for. Um, but then, you know, most apps aren't paid for. Most apps are downloaded for free. So even that level of legitimacy is less necessary. The important part of what makes people comfortable about downloading apps on iOS is that they know that it's not going to, you know, infect their device with a virus, and that when they delete the app, it's really gone. All traces of it gone. And again, that's a technical thing that can be applied to apps installed from any app store or from any sideloading method. So I think most of the good stuff that we have now is not really under threat if other app stores were permitted. Now, it could go a different way in a negative way for us, though, if other app stores become dominant. You can imagine a situation where suppose you know Epic gets their app store. Or and and you know suppose this becomes allowed and then maybe there's Steam on iOS and all, and you know a lot of other like game app stores make stores for iOS. Well, if you're a game maker, do you then have to like cooperate with all these other stores because they have so much market share in iOS that you can't just not be in them like for, to have a viable distribution platform? That's not great for i for iOS game developers. Uh, to have that, you know, that mechanic in place where like somebody where there's there's one or more additional dominant app stores that you have to also submit your app to, share your revenue with, et cetera, like and, and cooperate with their rules and their platform, which might be more onerous or have rules you don't want to comply with. So like we do have to be a little bit careful what we wish for here. But 
I, I think a, a hybrid approach where other app stores aren't permitted, but sideloading is, I think would be fine and totally technically doable on the phone. Like right now, apps don't have at a technical level, not a policy level, at a technical level, third party apps don't have the ability to install additional apps. They can't do that. They they can be installed via sideloading via an enterprise certificate and enterprise distribution. So again, like there's already there's already even a sideloading system in place. <laughs> and it's just not used very widely, really. But they can be installed that way, but they can't themselves then install other apps. So at a technical level, Apple could say, fine, sideloading can now be used by everybody, you know, basically broadening the enterprise distribution system. Uh, and, you know, there's now no, no more policy against doing that. Uh, but other app stores still aren't permitted, which wouldn't get Epic what they want, but it would actually, I think, be fine for the platform as a whole. Uh, you would still possibly have like other mechanisms for things like how you get those enterprise distribution links. Maybe people have their own like web storefronts or things. I don't know how that would work, but it seems like it would be possible. But I, again, I don't. I wouldn't be concerned about that from our point of view for the most part, unless some other distribution channel becomes dominant. So I think really what we're looking at is like what goes, what happens with like Apple's rules and what do they allow, and you know how does this how does this lawsuit end up now? One way it could end up is Epic could realize they're going to lose and just drop it. And it just disappears. And, okay, that's... Nobody's really helped by that or hurt too much by that. It just kind of goes away. Uh, one way it can it can end is some kind of private settlement where Epic gets the rules changed just for them. And that's bad for everybody, I think. that I, I see that. Like, you know, suppose Epic negotiates with Apple and they have a 15% commission on all their purchases. Like the, with the, basically the same deal that you know Netflix has had, Amazon got like you know all these deals. The, the the whole thing where Apple says they treat all developers the same. All those counter examples, yeah. Th- maybe we get another one of those here. <laughs> so so maybe Epic has their own private deal with Apple where they pay a lower rate. I don't love that outcome at all. That to me is just like let's extend the hypocrisy further. And for smaller developers like us, that doesn't do anything for us because we're not we're never going to get that deal. So. It's not really serving our interests if big companies pay lower rates than we do. That's how the world works many times, but, you know, in reality, we don't want that. So if Apple actually changes rules in relation to this or, or as, as, a, as an effect of this or, or in re, as a result of this, suppose they allow alternative payment methods for in-app purchases, which I think is probably, like, the, the most likely biggest win scenario here i can see them giving up on that before i see them allowing side loading so suppose they allow other in-app purchase systems i agree with you i probably wouldn't use it for my apps as they stand today but it would enable new ideas to be built that aren't buildable today like i've talked many times in the past about how i had this idea where like you'd pay overcast 20 bucks a month and i'd split it up between the podcast you listen to that participated and so you could pay podcasts you know directly and one of the biggest reasons i didn't do that well first of all it turns out it's a a terrible idea but a second reason i didn't do it (laughs) it's always a good reason to not do something is because it's a bad idea yes it's a bad idea on on a number of fronts and nobody wants it but (laughs) besides those two very big reasons a third big reason I didn't do it is that Apple taking 30% of everybody's monthly payment really puts a damper on that plan. It really makes it seem crappy. Like, So Apple would take 30%, and I figured for me to administer the program, I would need about 10% at least. So 
that's 40 percent. that's like almost half of what people are paying is just eaten up in fees before it actually gets to the podcasters it made it a, a really uncompelling offer and that's one of, again one of the many big reasons why i decided not to do this kind of thing but that kind of thing would become possible again if you could do your own payment processing in the app and you could bring that commission rate down to like three percent the way it normally is with most direct payment processors like stripe and you know you're usually paying about three percent um then plans like that become significantly more feasible and so there are entire businesses that we are being held back from that we can't do right now you could also potentially see something involving you know potential additional flexibility around things like trials and upgrade pricing things we've been asking for forever some of this would be you know would require additional policy changes that are probably unlikely to happen but you know we can we can we can dream right down this path if things are forced to change there could be really great things for us to enable new business models and and to make our existing business models better or easier and then also Think of all the hoops that users have to jump through now for the user experience to be awful in the few apps like Netflix that have this, quote, reader app exemption where they're allowed to have a separate payment system. They just can't ever mention it in the app or how how to create an account. Who knows? Go to our website. We can't tell you that. Like that's if that rule became if in-app purchase systems that by other people became permissible, that rule would become moot. And so you could imagine like there would be a much better user experience to do a lot of things you could you know in your apps you could have that one huge area of rejection risk gone so for instance right now in overcast i sell ads that display in overcast you know the visual banner ads for podcasts i have to be very careful that i don't open up a web view anywhere in the app to my main website that could potentially lead an app reviewer to click 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 and find the page where you buy the ads although it's funny Instagram offers those ads for direct purchase in their app. I don't know how they get away with that. Maybe it's somehow exempted. Maybe I can offer this by policy. I don't know. I haven't tried. But, like, I can't sell those ads in my app, and I have to be very careful not to, you know, accidentally lead people down a path where they can find those ads in the app. And that doesn't affect my business at all. The ads sell just fine without that, but it would be better if I could sell them in the app. I would probably sell more of them, probably for higher rates. So I would love to offer that kind of capability in the app. I'm not going to do it for 30%, but for 3% that I'm paying anyway, yeah, I'll do that, fine. So you can imagine, even for developers like us, who aren't running these massive platforms where we'd have all of our customers inputting their credit cards, theoretically, there is still a lot of reason to do this for us. And so I think the the outcomes that could happen from this epic lawsuit, it, it will probably not result in anything that big, honestly. like I, I don't think this is going to have a good chance of affecting change that's that big, but it might. And we can at least say as indies, like, whatever fallout happens from this, it's either going to probably not affect us at all, or maybe it'll improve things in a way that might benefit us. And I think that's only a potential good. Anyway, we are sponsored this week by App Figures. Among app publishers and developers, App Figures is already well known for the Universal Analytics Dashboard but there's actually a lot more you can do with the platform. They also provide a complete set of app store optimization tools, which is becoming more of a necessity. I've actually personally been using app figures since 2010. I looked it up this morning. 2010 is when I have been using app figures and I used it first, you know, for Instapaper and for everything I've made since then. Um, and I, I've actually 
only recently started exploring all these other tools that they offer um, because they really, you know, they, they're great for things like your sales reports, just seeing like, how are my apps doing? How are they ranking? How much money am I making? How, how much money am I spending in search ads? They have all that integrated and it's wonderful, but there's a whole bunch more too. So if you want to do more, you aren't sure of next steps, they have a lot of great guides and resources to help with that. They've also recently added the ability to see how your competitors are performing. So you can always know where you stand and what your competitors are doing to improve their bottom line. Plus, you get access to complimentary guides and learning materials to take advantage of those tools. All of this comes at a reasonable price. So there's never been a better time to check it out. Head over to appfigures.com to try App Figures for free. If you like it, use our code RADAR3030 to get 30% off for the next three months. That's appfigures.com and code RADAR3030 for a 30% discount for the next three months. Our thanks to AppFigures for their support of this show. Something that I always kind of feel a bit stuck on, though, in all these discussions, that like so often I feel like, and this is an argument that you just made, and it isn't that the the spirit of the argument isn't right, but it's kind of the premise feels a bit funny to me, is the, like, it's a bad user experience in the Netflix app right now or then the Kindle app or whatever, like those kind of things where the, the reader exemption and leads to, leads to a bad user experience. Um, and it's this funny thing that comes to mind is it's like, it's, it's just as much Amazon's choice that it's that user experience as it is Apple's. Um, and what Apple is saying in the, like in the core of their offering is that if you used if they, you know, if Amazon used the Apple in-app purchase system, that they would be allowed to do that. And I know if specifically in the kind in with books, it gets complicated because of the way publishing uh, royalties work. But generally speaking, it's like if you know, if Netflix offered the subscription inside of the app, Apple would. You know, it's certainly the Apple has a financial interest in doing that, and it's like. Netflix doesn't have, at least the way that I sort of, the place that I start, it's like Netflix doesn't have like a right to be on the iPhone that um, like Apple is the steward of their platform. They created it, they maintain it, they manage it and they set the rules and every, any per, any developer who wants to be part of that platform, who wants to be do that, like it's, they're voluntarily entering into that agreement. And, you know, we get our agreements in App Store Connect and we sign them and we're agreeing to abide by Apple's rules. And, you know, certainly from a, like, we can lobby for those rules to change, I suppose. But like, once we are in the, like, you've agreed to those rules, then being like upset or sort of being feisty that those that, you know, that, that you have to abide by them. It's like, it always felt, it always feels a bit sort of slightly disingenuous to me that like, oh, our app, it's like, you know, Netflix is confusing people because of this rule. And it's like, well, they're choosing to do that. Or they could just, Netflix could offer subscriptions inside of their app and be in, be, sort of be in full compliance and have an easy onboarding experience um, for those users. And it's like, that's, it's a funny thing because the iPhone is certainly an essential part of so many people's life. And I think people, because of that, it becomes almost as though it should be, um, it's like, it, like it's a utility that it, it's, it's something that, um, in the same way that like the, you, you regulate and manage, um, like the water company or the electric company, like there's special and different rules for something. If you consider it to be a sort of a universal utility, but, and I mean, certainly Apple, I think, doesn't just would, would, would actively be pushing against that that's the case. It's like instead, it's like they're creating a, a specific curated experience. And do they do that perfectly? They certainly don't. But that is, I think, 
their opportunity and their right to manage that store um, however we want. And it's funny because like, I think of if, you know, if I, if, if I, you know, sold, if I made a physical product and I sold it in Walmart and um, I didn't like the cut that Walmart was giving me. And so I went into the Walmart and set up a little like stall in, in the middle of the store and started selling it myself. I think it would be, you know, Walmart would be well within their rights to throw me out of the, of their store. Like that would be an entirely reasonable and appropriate thing to say like, no, you can't sell your, you can't just like come into our store and then start selling, um, you know, sort of selling your own things. That's, that's not what we're doing here. And like, that feels perfectly reasonable, um, in the physical world. And for some reason, it just, there's, you know, be, the nature of digital distribution, I suppose, because so many things are possible. It's like, it beca- just, it be- makes it start to feel that everything should be permissible um, as a result. And so like, I, I very much come down into this place where it's like, I still consider, I'm still tremendously grateful that Apple has this opportunity for developers that I feel like grateful and privileged to be able to make a living by putting my apps into the app store. And I don't take that for granted that this is some like right that's sort of given to me that, you, you know, I am entitled to do that. And sometimes Apple has had rules and policies that I disagree with or that have hurt me in some ways. And it's like, that's just part of the deal. And I do my best to instead focus on avoiding areas that I think might where like Apple's interests and my interests might be in conflict. Instead, focus my area into things that Apple clearly has like if if we both have aligned interests in something that like they have an interest in a technology or a platform or in an area and I put my energy and effort into that, it's like time and time again, that energy has been rewarded. It has been sustainable. And I think as a sort of as a small business, I think that is the the pragmatic and the best approach that I can kind of recommend um, for people to take is to just focus instead on just like doing the just like trying as best we can to align and, you know, from a. Um, it's like a lobbying and a making, you know, sort of making noise on Twitter perspective. It's like arguing for different things. Sounds great. But as a business perspective, I'm just going to continue doing as best I can to align myself with Apple, align myself with their interests. And I think that's ultimately going to be like the best thing I can do for like for me and my business going forward. And like, who knows what's going to happen with Epic, but it's like, I think for me, that's what I'm going to keep doing. Well, I think that's the right approach for all of us. I mean, you know, all of us small developers. I mean, what you just said, I disagree with like half of it. Sure, <laughs> but, that's fair, right? But uh, I also recognize that the the pragmatic approach for small developers is, and most developers, even of, of any size, is not to try to fight the system because you'll lose. Yeah. And in the end, like there is a lot we can achieve by working within the system. But at the same time, it, it's almost like when, when, you know, political parties or governments fight, like what you can do as an individual in this giant battle of titans is not much. You can do a little bit, you know, you can, you know, kind of vote with your money here and there, you know, like, but there's not much you can do really. And so all you can do is hope that the bigger people than you win whatever side of the fight you want to win. And then in the meantime, keep doing your business and, and do whatever you can to work within the system you have. And that's great. Um, but I still hope that real change happens as a result of this because in addition to you know all the, the freedoms around things like the 30%, like, can you imagine having a better alternative for payment systems than StoreKit? StoreKit sucks. 
if you if you've ever used anything else to get payments like StoreKit is terrible oh sure and apple's whole in our purchase system has so many like rough edges and limitations and it's just it's terrible and so if so if better things became more permissible not only would we be able to potentially use them ourselves or you know build against them but also that might make apple compete a little bit more and make StoreKit less sucky and that would be great for everybody who uses it. Like, it, it, I would love to have Apple have to compete on this front um, and, and to have more options. And I think ultimately, like, we see that. We, you know, we see when, when Apple has competition, they do better. They make better stuff, and it's better for all of us. So that's why I'm rooting for people like Epic and Spotify in this particular fight. Because I want Apple to be forced to be a little bit more competitive for our in-app purchase flows and and for our for our you know payment processing stuff, and if other payment processes become permissible, I think that'll result in better stuff for all of us. Sure, and I mean, and absolutely, like I certainly get that. I would love you know, it's like better tools is is always better. It's like I have I have such I have such anxiety about the unintended consequences that I suspect a change, any kind of these fundamental changes to the app store would have. And I feel like many of those unintended consequences wouldn't be good for me. And so I don't relish looking forward to a future where they, they may be forced upon um, Apple and the app store. And like, if, if that it's like, if, if the, if the cost of those changes is like, is potential uncertainty and we get positive, like positive change in store kit APIs, like, I don't know, that's a, that's a tricky balance for me to, to get excited about. But I, I, I certainly agree that I would like, you know, store kit to, to be, to be better. That would be great. It, it can't get any worse. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.